Hi there and welcome. My name is Dr. Laura Greenfield of lauragreenfield.com and you're listening to my podcast, Let's Talk Facilitation, where I offer practical solutions to everyday challenges in the college classroom. Specifically, I help introverted college educators develop unstoppable courage and transformative class facilitation skills in order to engage students equitably and advance social justice powerfully. Today, I'm talking about how to step back and let go a bit during discussions to be sure your own voice as the facilitator doesn't dominate. I'm going to share with you three mistakes overly talkative facilitators make that inadvertently shut down conversation. While this is a challenge my more extroverted listeners may readily identify with, I don't want my introverted listeners, and I include myself among you, to think you are off the hook. Just because we are introverted doesn't mean we can't get carried away talking sometimes when we are feeling confident in our ideas and excited about a discussion topic. To be honest, when I'm in the mood to talk and in the zone with what I'm talking about, I can really go on and on. This burst of adrenaline and enthusiasm is excellent when you're giving a presentation or a lecture and perhaps in some social settings, but when you're facilitating a class discussion and talk too much, even if everything you have to say is just brilliant, your words can often actually take away from the discussion rather than help it. Why is that? Well, when the facilitator talks too much, it eats up time that students could otherwise be speaking. It can intimidate certain students who worry their contributions could never equal yours. It can therefore discourage some students for speaking up even when the floor is open to them, and it can actually derail the discussion by focusing attention on you and where you want the discussion to go, not necessarily on what is piquing the interests of the students and what they are wanting to explore. In other words, you risk interfering with their learning. Now, just a few years ago, I was leading a class of a small group of students whom I absolutely adored. They were so bright and so interesting, and I was learning a tremendous amount myself from being in conversation with them. Throughout this one particular discussion, I was so utterly absorbed in the discussion itself that I kept losing sight of my role as the facilitator. I was just in that happy intellectual zone where the ideas and questions were flowing, and I had so many ideas I wanted to share. I remember having to constantly make a mental note that my role was to facilitate, not dominate the discussion, and to work very hard to bite my tongue so that the students could do the majority of the talking. I had a strong opinion about one of the ideas that was emerging, and I wrestled internally with whether to voice it or to hold back so the students could sufficiently explore the idea themselves and see where it led them. I held off as long as I could until I had convinced myself that my particular opinion was absolutely vital to their learning and it was worth the risk of disrupting the discussion flow by interjecting as a participant rather than continuing to guide as a facilitator. Sure enough, when I offered my comment, as clever and as useful as I was convinced it was, the students didn't receive it as being as helpful as I was sure it was. In fact, they didn't all agree with it, 
But rather than providing a helpful spark to generate debate, it really threw off the flow of the discussion, and it took a few minutes for the group to awkwardly fumble through acknowledging my offering and then moving forward again. I immediately regretted going against my gut in this way. Now, this isn't to suggest that our opinions and contributions as facilitators can't sometimes be helpful in a discussion. To the contrary, our knowledge and expertise is a vital resource to a group during discussion. But our contributions as facilitators have a very specific purpose, which often is not to simply interject any observation, opinion, question, or story that comes to mind when we get excited about the discussion. So here are three mistakes that overly talkative facilitators make that shut down conversation and how you can step back and let go a bit. Mistake number one is not deciding in advance what your speaking role will be. In other words, when you just show up and play it by ear, you wing it, you don't have a clear purpose for if, why, and how to contribute, you risk talking too much and in unhelpful ways. And it's not that you should never talk or that the discussion should be entirely student-led or anything goes, but that when you do talk, you want it to serve a very specific purpose towards helping the group as a whole achieve the goals of the discussion. So how do you step back and let go a bit, but still be purposeful in determining that role? Well, Spend some time prior to the discussion getting clear for yourself on what your speaking role is going to be. Now, there's lots of different ways that you might define that role. Some common ways would be to decide that as a facilitator, your speaking role will be to frame the discussion, to pose discussion questions, to synthesize the student's ideas here and there, um, to push ideas further if they need a little more forward movement, and perhaps to keep the discussion on track if students start to derail it or veer off in unhelpful directions. So if you decide clearly in advance that those are the times that you're speaking, it will give you a bit of a roadmap or a guide when you're making choices about whether or not to interject. Now, in addition to deciding in advance what your speaking role will be, it can also be beneficial to decide in advance what your speaking role will not be. That way, you have clarity on how you will contribute and also how you will not contribute. So, for example, you might decide my role will not be to offer my own stories to offer my own answers to questions that I pose, or to jump in to share an idea when other students' hands are up. Now, this is not to suggest that those types of roles are never appropriate for a facilitator. They're simply examples of ones that you might choose in a particular context. So my challenge to you before you lead your next discussion is to take just a moment to decide in advance what your speaking role will be and what it will not be so that you can go into that discussion with clarity about your role and not risk talking too much or in unhelpful ways. The second mistake that 
overly talkative facilitators make that inadvertently shuts down conversation is speaking impulsively rather than strategically. So this is when you let the excitement be your guide. You're living in the moment. You're losing sight of the big picture. You're forgetting about the decisions you just made about what your role is and isn't. So making those decisions is one thing, but sticking to them during the discussion is another. And so the mistake that I'm discussing here is when we don't stick to those decisions that we made and we are simply impulsive in the moment and speak up whenever we feel so moved. So how do we avoid this? How do we avoid the enthusiasm that can take us over when the discussion's going really well? Well, one thing is to keep at the front of your mind throughout the discussion, the words, I'm the facilitator, not a participant. I'm the facilitator, not a participant. I know this is something that I have to remind myself often when I've got a lot to say about the subject, um, but perhaps not everything that I'm inclined to say helps steer the group forward. It's simply sharing my ideas, um, which may or may not be helpful. So remind yourself, I'm the facilitator, not a participant. Now, when you feel compelled to speak and you're really wrestling with, should I speak up now? Is this comment or this question or this story useful to the group? First, ask yourself, does what I'm about to say align with the role I set for myself at the beginning? In other words, does what I'm about to say get the class closer to the goals for the discussion that we identified? And if your answer to those questions is not a clear yes, then I would hold back if and until it becomes clear that your speaking part in that way is vital. And if it never becomes clear that that's vital, don't offer that particular comment or question or story, and instead go back to the role that you identified at the beginning. The third mistake that overly talkative facilitators make that shut down conversation is not paying attention to the power that you wield as a facilitator. In other words, whether we recognize it or not, or like it or not, or do anything about it or not, there is a hierarchy of power ingrained in our class contexts. In other words, you and the student have different relationships to institutional power. In particular, you as the professor have the power to make assignments, to determine the criteria by which those assignments will be evaluated, including class discussion participation. You have the power to assign grades and so on. Now, even if you have really good rapport with the students and you have a collaborative leadership style and you invite students to contribute to designing assignments or determining how they want to be evaluated or doing narrative evaluations rather than letter grades, you still wield institutional power differently from your students. 
by virtue of the fact that you are the instructor and they are the students. Now, that dynamic is complicated by the social identities of the facilitator in relationship to the students. So the navigation a relatively privileged professor needs to make are going to be different from that of a comparably more marginalized professor. So the more conscious and savvy you are about how to negotiate that power, the more purposeful you can be in how you use your voice when leading the class. But the reason I want us to think about power is that because you as the facilitator of the discussion, as the instructor in that classroom, you have the power, if you choose to use it, to easily cut the line, to cut the cue of hands that are raised, or to break a group norm that you've established about how you're going to engage. And you can do this because students are less likely to call you out on it than they might be to call out their peers. And as tempting as it may be to use that power in a way to jump the queue and have more of a say than the students in the class, I'm going to strongly encourage you, unless the moment really warrants it, and there are times when it is warranted, but as a general practice, don't do this. Don't use your power in this way. Don't use your power to dominate or to get around a group norm, but instead use your power to guide the group and provide a platform for students to learn. So let me talk about how to do this tangibly. How do you pay attention to your power and use your power constructively in a positive way? Well, let's say you are facilitating a discussion and you've decided what your role will be and what it won't be. And in the middle of the discussion, you feel this burning desire to share an anecdote or a story or a question, and you have assessed whether or not it will be helpful, whether it aligns with the role that you established, and you've determined, no, it really doesn't fit. It's actually probably not going to be very helpful, but ooh, I just want to say it anyways. Well, what I would encourage you to do is to first make a note of your burning comment to yourself. Maybe jot it down on your notepad or on your laptop or whatever you're using to facilitate. And then give yourself permission to wait until the next class to raise the point. And if that comment is still burning by that next class, you share it. Oftentimes, though, you'll discover by the next class, after you've had that whole discussion behind you, you'll see that that comment probably wasn't that important, it wasn't that vital, and there might not be a need to come back to it. There might be, but there might not. So give yourself that space to determine. I also want to encourage you to be especially attentive to who hasn't spoken or who hasn't spoken yet in this part of the conversation. And if you're feeling inclined to speak up and you just can't hold yourself back, at least don't speak before the students who haven't contributed. Let them contribute first and then offer your comment. And finally, if you have decided you just can't hold back and you're going to jump in and speak as a participant in the discussion, I want you to pay strong attention to the nonverbal cues of the students in the class, including their body language, their hand movements, their, their eye contact. 
fidgeting, glances between one another, and so on. Pay attention to this while you're talking. Now, nonverbal cues are not a 100% reliable source of information about what students are thinking or feeling, but most of us, if we pay attention closely, can read the room, can pick up on the vibe, pick up on the energy, and see if students are really uncomfortable with the fact that we are derailing the discussion or if they are hanging on to our every word and are just as enthusiastic as you are to listen to you as you are to share this anecdote. So pay attention, and if you're getting some signals that this actually isn't very helpful, then make a note of that and wrap it up quickly. Stepping back and letting go a bit is just one way to be sure students have a voice in your classroom, but there are many more ways to get your students to carry the discussion. I put together a free PDF for you titled The Ultimate Quick Start Guide to Getting Students to Talk. If you are looking for more ways to turn your classroom from blank stares to lively conversation, I want you to check out this free guide for a bunch of simple strategies you can use right away in your very next class to more confidently get everyone talking. So head over to lauragreenfield.com forward slash one, that's the number one, to grab your copy of the PDF, The Ultimate Quick Start Guide to Getting Students to Talk. Thanks so much for listening in today. And until next time, happy teaching.